God with us is the meaning of the word Emmanuel, okay? You know, I thought it was cool that Brittany mentioned that she took the kids through the names of God. I have a, uh, I have a book called The Names of God. I'm trying to think. I want to say it was maybe Wilkerson or somebody did that teaching. It's a very cool book to understand the different names of God, names that you find him being called throughout the word. And each one of those names means something different. It's a different characteristic of who God is, of, of what he's about, uh, what he does, how he, uh, how he interacts with us. And I tell you, all of those names really fall under the name Emmanuel. Even though you only find Emmanuel three times in the Bible, it really is kind of the, the head name of all those names because it literally means God with us. And so all the other things, uh, God our provider, God our healer, God our whatever, all of those come into play because God is with us. You guys understand what I'm saying? And so you kind of enter this season, and uh, I thought about how, you know, Christmas for a lot of people, uh, especially unbelievers, can be about a lot of things. It can mean a lot of things. It can be taken in all kinds of directions, but we know that Christ has to be the center of this season, no matter what. Amen? And I thought, what if we took that a little bit further and, um, and made sure that we're not in religious mode, you know, and just focused on the fact that the reason for the season or the point of the season is that God is with us. The day that God sent his son, the day that Jesus was born as a baby, God interacted with man. God became, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And you know, there's some, some different um, sects, even of Christianity, that's S-E-C-T, of Christianity that... Um, they have a hard time believing that God, uh, that Jesus was even God. You know, that the main um, fallacy of their doctrine or their beliefs is that, that Jesus was just a man who was maybe anointed by God to, to preach good things or to teach who God is, but they don't necessarily believe that, that Jesus was God. I want to affirm this morning that Soma Church believes that Jesus as, as much as he was man, fully man, Scripture says that he was also fully God. Can we conceive that? Can we? No, we can't. But do we believe that? Yes, in faith and in our spirits, we believe that. And so Emmanuel is kind of the, uh, the word that, that describes that. Emmanuel, God is with us. And I have a lot of really neat things to share, I think, over the next few weeks on this, on this subject. In fact, this morning was going to be a little bit different of a message. And uh, early, early, early this morning, I felt like the Lord was, um, was giving me a, a little bit different focus for this, uh, this morning. And it's a, little, it's a little more simple, okay? And I just want to bring attention to three things that I hope will encourage you. And we're going to read scriptures that kind of enforce that in our life. And the first thing is this. God is with us Okay, God is with us because he loves us. And I know we know that. But, but like try to transition again out of Sunday school religious mode or whatever your background may be where it just all becomes religion and rhetoric and words and stuff and let it sink in as a believer, the truth of God's word, that God is with us 
because he loves us. And there's some simple scriptures that we know, again, to enforce that. One is John 3.16. This is super basic, isn't it? But it says, For God so loved the world. It's not that he loved the planet so much, although he, he does because he created it. The greens and the blues, different shades of yellow. You know, He loves the earth. But that specifically means the people that he created to dwell upon the earth. And when the word became flesh, when Jesus came to this earth, it says that he made his dwelling on a really cool planet. No, he made his dwelling among men. Why? Because he was sent here because of God's love for his creation called us. (laughs) So he is with us because he loves us. And I was thinking about even the way this is phrased. We, uh, even our two-year-old has that memorized. We, we memorized, all the boys memorized that to this little tune. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Yay! That's how we did it. Okay? But think about the way that's phrased. For God so loved the world that he gave. You know? For God so loved the world that he gave. He loved us, so he gave his son. It was his love for us, the love that he has for us, and the desire to reconcile us back to him because of the fall of Adam and Eve. Sin came into the world. His desire to reconcile us back to him. I mean, he loves us. And so with his kindness, with his mercy, his grace, his love, he made a way for us to be reconciled back to him. Uh, Galatians 2, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live is in the flesh. Uh, The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Jesus came out of obedience to the Father. We know that. But he also came because he loves us. It's not like Jesus was on this, this, uh, this task that he had. You know how sometimes you, you tell your kid to go take out the trash or you tell someone or whatever. Maybe you have an employee that you tell to do something. There's kind of like this, oh, man, I don't want to take out the trash. That's not the attitude the Son of God had. The Son of God had an absolute desire to please the Father, to honor the Father, to obey the Father for sure. But at the very same time, because Jesus, like we said, is God, Emmanuel, God with us, he also very much loved us. And so when we see here that for God so loved the world, that means God the Father loved the world. That means God the Son loves the world. And our interaction now with Jesus, that intimacy that we have, that connection that we have with the Father is made by way of the Holy Spirit. So guess what? The Holy Spirit that lives inside of us loves the Father, loves us. Amen? Do you guys see that? This is, this is real simple gospel stuff. And I think the reason that the Lord wanted me to say this is because even Paul said that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm concerned that we may fall away from the purity and the simplicity of the gospel. We can't fall away from the purity and the simplicity of the gospel. I mean, even this morning, uh, what I originally planned to do was, it was a little deeper. It was a little more involved. And the Lord cautioned me this morning and gave me some just very simple things. This is what I want you to share this morning. You can share all that other stuff next week and the week after. And it's interesting that um, in, in the wee hours of the morning, uh, Melissa started feeling really bad. 
really sick, you know? And it was an unrestful night for us. We get here this morning, and um, uh, within, I mean, just a few minutes of, of us being here, me being here, and Chris, who was going to do some cleaning. We had an event in here on Saturday. And all the power in this building goes out. No other building, not the streetlights, nothing. The whole building, I mean, the only thing that worked were like the exit signs. You can see red. You can see how to get out of here. You know what I mean? But that's it. I mean, everywhere. I went and checked all the breakers. All the breakers were fine. Everything was fine. And I just thought, what in the world? I had Chris go over to the building next door because we have keys. We used to meet over there and check. I said, see, see if the power's on over there? Because sometimes the whole block can go out. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. Just this building. And I knew instantly in my spirit, the Lord said, the enemy wants to come against the purity and simplicity of the gospel this morning. And so Marvin and I, right before physiology, we just began praying against uh, the enemy's um, plans to thwart God's plans this morning. God wants to sow some simple seeds into your heart this morning. And part of it is that God is with us because he loves us. God came, Jesus came, did all that he did because of his intense love for you, Ephesians 2. But God, being rich in mercy, mercy oftentimes in Scripture is interchangeable with love, loving kindness. Because of his great love with which he loved us, but God, and it goes on to, to give all these um, benefits of God's love, but it's because of God, his rich mercy, his great love for us, which he loved us, pours upon us blessings and benefits. Second uh, Thessalonians 2.16, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace. And it goes on again to describe all the things that he gives to us, blesses us with. Why? Because he's the Father who gives good things. Amen? But he loves us. First John 4.10, of course, John, the disciple John, really got God's love, really got it. He said, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sins. What motivated God to send Jesus was his love for us. God is with us. God came. Jesus came because of his love. And then John, uh, 1 John 4, 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, so we ought to love one another. And so just to, to kind of finalize that, it's, uh, God is with us because he loves us. And if we're here and we're with, we're with other saints, we're with other believers, this, over the holidays we're going to be with our family members, some of which may know Christ, some of which may not know Christ. If we're going to be with them, let's interact out of a motivation of God's love because he first loved us. Love them in spite of their um, interestingness. Amen? Okay, I'm just to prepare you. The holidays are coming. More holidays are coming. Get into God's love. The second thing is this. I felt like the Lord spoke to me. God is with us. Because God is for us. I want you to think about that. Uh, and let me back up a little bit. I think, and I've said this at different times, and I think at different times we all struggle with this, but I think one of the foundational things that we struggle for us and things, something that keeps us back from God's best is understanding that He loves us. This is a continual cycle, even for me. I'm the, I'm the lead pastor, lead shepherd of this church, and there are times when I struggle with whether or not God loves me. A lot of those stem back from daddy issues, you know, you guys hear what I'm talking about? Am I the only one that may have some daddy issues here? 
But it's a foundation of truth that if we can grab hold of, we won't be like this. We won't be like a, a reed tossed in the wind, but we'll be steady and strong. But that is something foundational that we struggle with, God's love. He's with us because he loves us. But another thing that we struggle with is that God is with us because he is for us. Okay? We may get that God loves us, but how many of us believe that God's got our back? <coughs> Excuse me. God's got our back. I want to read a few scriptures here. Um, and I want to start with this, Romans eight thirty one. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? And it's wonderful things as these, uh, kind of encompassing the gospel, the truth of God and his word and his son. And he says this, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? If God is for us, and that's not a rhetorical question. It's not like, I don't know if he's for us. I'm just saying, if he's for us, he's, no, he's kind of making an emphatic statement. God is for us. And if he is for us, then who could ever be against us? And there's two things right there that I think encourage our heart, our spirit. One is, God is for you. God is for me. Like, his purposes, his plans, anything that he might allow as the sovereign God, the great principle in the sky... Anything that comes across his desk, he signs off on, yeah, that can happen. Yes, I'll allow that to happen. Any of it is because ultimately it's for our good. He is for us. You hear what I'm saying? All things work together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because God is for us. He is with us. He is here. He came because he is for, he was, uh, he's for us. Uh, and like in Exodus 14, which we've done a lot of Exodus. But listen to what he says. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. You just keep silent. You don't have to do a whole lot. You just let God fight for you. Why? Because that's what he does. That's what he wants to do. Some of you need to hear that this morning. The Lord, your God, will fight for you. You're in a fight. You're feeling weak. The Lord will fight for you. God's with us because he's, he's for us. Deuteronomy 1.30, The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. So look at that. He will, himself will fight, and I love this, on your behalf. What's another way of saying that? For you. The Lord your God will fight for you. And as Marvin mentioned this morning, and we've mentioned really through this whole summer, it's been a unique year for a lot of individuals, a lot of families, and for us as a church. And a foundational thing, the foundational truth is that we are in a fight. The cool thing is, is that God will fight for you. He is for you. And if there's difficult things going on in your life, like again, like Marvin mentioned, listen, don't become bitter at God. Understand that all of this, He is in all this, He is for you. In fact, it says, um, it says, they will fight against you. This is Jeremiah 119. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you, for I am with you to deliver you. That's, that's Jeremiah the prophet making a bold, emphatic statement. They will fight against you. Now, the they could differ in all of our lives, I mean, in all of your lives. It, it could differ. What's fighting against us or what's coming against us or what we perceive as um, obstacles, they can fight all day long. But look what he says. But they will not overcome you. Do you guys see that? They will not overcome you. 
Those things will not overcome you. Why? Because we are over, Scripture says we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. In fact, another place it says that we are more than conquerors. We're not just going to kick tail. We're going to take names. You guys hear what I'm saying? That, that's foundational. Why? Because he's with us, Emmanuel. God is with, you, uh, with us, so he's for us. We will kick tail and we will take names in his name, obviously. It's not our strength. Jeremiah 15, another place in Jeremiah, he says, Then I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. And though they fight against you, again, that um, uh, proverbial they, though they fight against you, they will not prevail over you. Again, that promise rings clear through his word. That's why we need to read it over and over and over. We see that God is for us. And though they fight against you, they will not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you. I thought it was great that Sean chose to do our God saves this morning. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come. Why do we come in that name, in that uh, understanding of who God is? Because we need him. We need him with us. Amen? We need to understand his love for us. We need to understand uh, that he is for us. And then the last thing is this. Again, I know these things are simple. God is with us because, and this is another thing that we struggle with, I think foundationally in our belief, God is with us because he is faithful. He is with us because he is faithful. And what I mean by that is God came, <coughs> sent his son, Jesus. Of course, God was active before Jesus came. He was with Israel in all kinds of ways. I mean, you think about the chorus, uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. And what was this, that third line? Did nobody remember? I don't either. What was it, Sean? Emmanuel. <laughs> oh, it shall come to thee, O Israel. And we see all through God's word where he did. He came. He delivered. He provided for them. He protected them. He led them. Okay? But listen, I think sometimes the idea, even as believers who know Jesus came, God came in the flesh, made his dwelling among us, did all that he did. He died on the cross. He, um, he shed his blood. He uh, uh, rose from the grave. All the things that we know doctrinally, foundationally, that we celebrate at different times of the year, different holidays that celebrate that. Listen, I think there is still something in us that doesn't cling to the truth that when Jesus ascended to the Father, when he went away, and he said, I'm going away. Right now, I am with you, but very soon, anybody know what he says? I will be in you. Remember he tells the disciples that? Right now, I am with you, Emmanuel, God with you. But very soon, I'm going away, very soon, I will be in you. And so, I think some people um, forget that God is still with us just because Jesus went away doesn't mean he is not with us anymore. He is very much. That was his promise. I am sending you a helper. I'm going away, but I'm sending you the helper. I'm sending you the comforter. I'm sending you a counselor. And that's the Holy Spirit. And because that's why we boast in the Holy Spirit so much at this church. We were talking about that in physiology this morning when we were kind of covering our doctrine that a big part of who we are and what we believe centers around the Holy Spirit. And there's all kinds of things that you can get into, little debates about the Holy Spirit. Bottom line, the Holy Spirit is real. He lives in us. We are the temple that He dwells in. 
And he has given his power, authority, and gifts to men just as he determines so that we can carry out God's will on earth. So God is faithful in that he is still with us. And the reason I pinpoint that word faithful is because the moment that we think that God is no longer with us, then we begin to question or attack. There's an attack against his faithfulness. He said, I will be with you. He says, I'm going away. In this life, there will be many trials and tribulations, but lo, I am with you always. Well, how is he with us always if he went to be with the Father and is now up in heaven sitting at the right hand? Because remember the promise, he sent his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here. And so every, every uh, day we can count on his faithfulness. Every day we can count on his love. Every day we can count on the fact that he is fighting for us. Every day we can count on uh, just as sheer, and I say this almost every morning when I take the boys to school. We'll take a look over uh, to the east. Is that right? The sun rises in the east, sets in the west. Yeah. So we'll take a look over to the east and I'll say, boys, look at the sun. You know, something to this effect. Lord, we thank you today that as surely as the sun will rise faithfully every day, you will be faithful to us. Almost every day I pray that prayer. And that's the same thing. Emmanuel, God with us. There is a surety. There is a certainty that God is with us. Now, this should encourage our hearts today. As simple as it is. I mean, is these, these simple things, uh, truths of God's words, these are things that as we're walking, sometimes we'll step right over those little things and we'll focus on maybe some different, more difficult, convoluted thing to understand about God and His Word and doctrinal things. But it's like, you know what? I think we need to take time. To, when we come to those things, let's sit there for a minute. Let's plop ourselves right down on the fact that He is with us, Emmanuel, because He loves us. He is with you because he loves you. He loves you. And then we, maybe another part of the day or a week or month or whatever, we, we sit down on the reality that he's for us. When we feel like we're being overwhelmed and overcome, and believe me, we all have been there, let's rest on that for a second. Let's take a spell. <laughs> let's take a spell and sit. Sit a spell. You remember that old phrase? Why don't you come in sit a spell? Sit a spell. Whatever that means, that means Sit. Hang out here for a while. Melissa will say that sometimes. When I'll come home, and I've been gone all day, and I'll come in, and I'll, immediately i got so many things to do around the house, I'll do this, and she'll just say, just kick off your shoes and sit a spell. Okay. You know? In other words, rest here. Come and enjoy the moment. You know? You don't have to be doing all the time. Listen, sit a spell on the fact that you're trying to fight your own fight. You're trying to overcome in your own battle. It's not possible. It's not even possible. That's why God tells people like Caleb, be strong and be courageous. The Lord, your God, he will fight for you. Don't worry about it. You just sit and rest on that promise. And this idea of faithfulness, it's, it's probably been one of the biggest things that I've struggled with recently with all the changes and all the things. And I've been honest with you about that. God's faithfulness, you know, and again, some of those things stem from different seasons in my life where there was a promise of something. Maybe there's something that my dad promised that he would do or get or, or, or be. And then that didn't come through. And that one didn't come through. And he didn't come through with that one. And he didn't come through with that one. Can anyone relate? Am I the only one? Has everybody got stinky armpits or something? Come on. 
truth is, is that our perception of God, the Father, can be messed with, and it makes it hard to cling to these simple, foundational truths about God. Some of you, and Marvin um, talked about some of his things a couple weeks, in a, a weeks ago in a little testimony <coughs> about a father that left. Some of you have a father or a mother that left. <laughs> and some of the stains on your psyche as it relates to um, God stem from an unfaithful father. A father or a mother that didn't fight for you that you didn't understand their love. It happens all the time. You're not the first, you won't be the last. And we're in this boat together. But listen, this is one of the things I'm trying to teach my own boys. Boys, I will fail you because I'm fallible. I make mistakes. I want to be the best dad that I can be. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best pastor I can be. Uh, But I'm going to fail you. But one thing is for sure, when you're disappointed in me and you're frustrated in me, please know that he will never fail you. He will never leave nor forsake you. In fact, that's one of the other scriptures. For the the word of the Lord is right and true. He He is faithful in all he does. Psalm 33, verse 4. Psalm 36, verse 5 is a good one. It displays the bigness of his faithfulness. Your love, Lord, reaches across the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. It doesn't matter where you're at, how far you think you've been, whatever his faithfulness will stretch to wherever you're at. First Corinthians, Paul says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And then 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and this is a good one. No temptation has overcome you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful. God is faithful who will not, not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. And we don't have to get into a big word play on temptation, but bottom line, trials, temptations, difficulties, trying circumstances will come your way. But it says right there, God is faithful and he will provide a way of escape. And I believe when we rest on the fact that he loves us, when we can sit a spell, We can sit a spell on the fact that he is for us and that he will fight for us. Then we will be able to count on his faithfulness during any kind of of, uh, trial and temptation. Amen? Would you guys stand with me? In this holiday season, what I would love for us to do is is to ponder, meditate, chew on the truth of that name of God, Emmanuel. And again, it only says that name uh, like three times, Um, uh, twice in Isaiah chapter 7 and chapter 8. And we'll talk about a little of those, I think, next week. And then in Matthew 1, and that's whenever it says, Behold, the virgin child shall be, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. But you keep reading scripture and you ever see anybody call him Emmanuel. Do you? No, you don't, just in case you don't know. This is where this and in Isaiah, um, the messianic prophecy, 
um, is where he's called Emmanuel. And it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. His, uh, she shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, that's not what they called him. They called him Jesus, which translates God with us. Okay? Jesus actually translates salvation of God. So it all kind of works out. But my point is this. Though you don't see that name, that word, Emmanuel, very often in the scripture, everything about what you read, about what God is and did while he was here and promises to do, indicates God with you, God with us. And so this season, you know, we can have our little traditions and we can do all that, but as a church, can we focus on that? Can we focus on God with us. God is with me. Every moment, every, every uh, discouraging moment, every trial, every blessing, say, God with us. God with me. Emmanuel. Even say that name. Even incorporate that in your personal times of praise. Sometimes when I'm driving, <laughs> the boys kind of always kind of jump whenever I do it. I'll, all of a sudden, I'll just say, thank you, Lord, you know, and I'll just start praising. And some of you may do that as you drive. It freaks people on the road out, but if you can do that, but incorporate into that Emmanuel, Emmanuel, thank you, God, that you are with me. You are with me. Thank him for being the father. Thank him for his son. Thank him for the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Well, let me pray for you, and you guys can go out in the power uh, of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus.